Are you an HR department of one trying to figure out how to balance task and strategy while keeping up with changes in regulatory compliance? Do you need a fresh outlook on old topics? Then stop what you're doing, grab your coffee, and get ready to recharge. If you have people, you have problems to solve and things to do. Your host is Brenda Neckvottle, a 20-year human resource professional, ready to explore the HR industry with veterans of business and life with fresh eyes and new ideas. Learn about the rapidly evolving changes in employment law around the country, as well as new tactics to deploy and build engagement in your workforce. If you're looking to implement new practices to make your job easier in HR, then this podcast is for you. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Best Practices in Human Resource podcast. I'm Brenda. And you guys, if you are joining me for the first time, we've got a heck of a show. Kid you not, really super excited to have another guest on, which you'll learn that if you follow this long enough that I'm always super excited to have guests on. But I've got a rock star on today, and I'm really looking forward to you guys getting a chance to know her. She is known as the evil HR lady. Uh, She's awesome. I've been following her since literally 2007, and uh, she's been out and about for a while. But if you are coming in and returning as a listener, thank you so very much. You guys absolutely rock. I know there's a lot going on right now in the world everybody's feeling the burn, everybody's feeling the pinch, and the fact that you guys come back still week after week really means a lot to me. So thank you so very much. So my role here is I'm here to help share with you the what and the how in human resources, and I'm in the human business, and that means that there is a greater number of dynamics in the workplace to balance and manage. And today, most importantly, we're going to be talking about, we got some poster updates for you. I know everybody's thrilling topic, right? Poster updates. Uh, We got some employment law changes across the nation, and I'm going to share with you later in the show where you can actually get access to all of these. Um, Our main topic today, we're really talking about how to stay connected, and we're doing it by talking to the evil HR lady. (laughs) So we got Brenda, the HR lady, talking to the evil HR lady. Um, and it's, it's an, it's a great, great, great conversation. Um, we're going to share with you some upcoming events on how you can deal with the coronavirus. And then we've got the HR question of the day. And again, later in the show, I'm going to teach you how to get best practices delivered right into your inbox. But before we go on folks, I definitely want to share with you guys that the information that is available through this podcast is for informational purposes only, and not for the purpose of providing any form of legal advice. You should contact your attorney to obtain legal advice with respects to any particular issue. And if you don't have an employment attorney, contact me and I may be able to refer one to you through our affiliates program over at Jackson Lewis. All right, poster updates. All right, so our friends over at laborlawcompliance.com has for release a couple of really great posters. Now, first off, they've got the Families First Coronavirus Response Act poster that is available in a print format other than just downloading it. But then they also have another poster that actually talks about best practices and refraining from spreading as well. So um, it's it is a, it's part of their COVID, co- COVID combo poster. And if you go to the bestpractices.work website and then click on the affiliates program, and then look for compliance, uh, Labor Law Compliance Center. That is where their link is, but there's also a code that you can grab and you plug it in and you get 25% off on your order. So for this month, um, we've had some poster updates just in a handful of states. So you not only can you get 
the required COVID-19 posters, you can also get posters for Colorado, Vermont, Nevada, Kentucky, and Michigan. All you guys, you have post, you have poster updates. Again, that's Colorado, Vermont, Nevada, Kentucky, and Michigan. Okay, so our headlines across the nation. Um, the U.S. Department of Transportation has issued guidance regarding drug and alcohol testing during the COVID-19 crisis. Also, um, over at USCIS, they have issued temporary e-verify policies uh, that will help battle some of the delays due to uh, what is going on with the coronavirus. The Supreme Court has ruled that claims for intentional discrimination under Section 1981 must meet the but-for causation test. Over on the EEO1, uh, EEOC, the EEO1 portal still is not open for 2019 filing, and the EEO is continuing to seek approval to collect race and gender data all the way through to 2021. Uh, Arizona has expanded unemployment insurance and has provided some guidance on essential services in response to the coronavirus. Over in California, the Department of Fair Labor, excuse me, Fair Employment and Housing Issues has provided COVID-19 guidance as well. And folks, if you're looking for some general information or what your state-specific information is, um, just in, in regarding employment matters as a whole, my recommendation is, is to visit your state workforce website because they are putting information out and keeping that up to date and current. What I'm doing here is just calling out a couple of states with some pretty unique things, uh, but everybody's pretty much on track uh, with doing essentially the same things. And um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the nation for sure. Over in New Jersey, they have eliminated the, eliminated the seven-day waiting period for temporary disability benefits, which permits them to go ahead and expand leave rights. And lastly, over in Seattle, they have expanded its sick, paid sick and safe time ordinance in response to the COVID-19. So if you guys would like to see um, a bunch of resources uh, in relation to the coronavirus, if you go to the bestpractices.org website, um, and there is a dedicated coronavirus page there that I literally update almost every single day. Go ahead and click that on, and that's going to give you the most pertinent and relevant information. What it won't give you is it won't give you a ton of media stuff and articles and things that really have nothing to do with you being able to do what you need to do in your workforce or with your workforce in order to be effective at, at getting through on this. So there you have it. That's what we got for news across the nation today. Super excited. I told you earlier, super excited. So we've got an awesome guest on today. All our guests are awesome, but this one's a real fun one. Um, this is somebody I have actually been following since 2007. She's a phenomenal individual. We've gotten a chance to get each uh, to know each other in a very short period of time, but I'm not even going to say any more. I'm just going to let you guys enjoy the interview. Folks, help me welcome Susan Lucas to the show, also known as the evil HR lady. Hey, folks, we are here, and you know, I always get giggly, stupid, excited about bringing guests on, but I am really, I kind of a little star, just somewhat a little starstruck, but I've gotten to know this person, and she's absolutely fantastic. 
and so here we go. You ready? So Brenda, the HR lady, would like to officially welcome the evil HR lady to the show. How are you? I am very good, and I'm so glad to be here and very flattered. This is awesome. Well, her name is Suzanne, Suzanne Lucas. She's uh, she's a really neat lady. We've gotten to know each other in a very short period of time, and we were laughing because I told her, I said, I've been following you all the way back, and she goes, well, that's actually a little creepy. So... <laughs> So Suzanne is actually, um, she's a professional writer. She's a professional HR professional on top of it. And she's been writing under the, uh, uh, the nomicker of uh, the evil HR lady for a long time. And uh, I'm just excited to have you here. This is, especially in a time like this. Death, destruction, it's where evil HR really, really shines. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. Years ago... Uh, when I worked for a Fortune uh, Fortune 500 company, we had this one uh, HR director that every time she would come in, and the only time she would come in, um, somebody would get fired. So she actually, oh, no. yes, she was branded as the uh, as the Grim Reaper. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. So you've been writing for how long now? Um, I started my blog in 2006, so it's been 14 years. Yes. Who would have thought? And I told her, I said, this is where she really got creeped out. I've been following her since 2007. <laughs> so when I saw the evil HR lady, I was like, oh, I got to pay attention to this. Because I remember the devil's tail pitch, uh, pitchfork and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you wrote for CBS for a while. I wrote for CBS for a few years. <clears throat> and then I moved over to Inc. And then I write for a whole bunch of other smaller publications and um, some company websites and insurance companies and yeah. um, HR software companies and things like that too. Well, the good news is that we are never out of a lack of topics to talk about or write about. That is true. You would think after 14 years, I would have covered everything, but no. And here we are with something completely brand new. Completely brand new and it is freaking my brain out right oh, now. It's freaking everybody's brain out. I mean, you know, this is all I do just like you every day is just sit and research this stuff and try and figure out the answers to the questions. Right. And, you know, with this new legislation and such, um, it's all new. Yeah. And it's being implemented <clears throat> so fast. And yep. yeah. Yeah. And we don't, we, we don't have the benefit of, of litigation to fall back on to help us build our best practices. I mean, we're pioneering this as we go every single day. As we go. Isn't oh, my fun? gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a care. But that's not really why we're here to talk about today. So. No, that's boring. Yeah, so it is. So I'm sorry. But we had, you know, Suzanne and I had an opportunity to, to spend some time on the, on remotely. She's actually here in Switzerland. Yes. And so I'm here in Virginia Beach. And um, <clears throat> so we had some t we got a chance to spend some time on uh, on the internet and chatting with each other through Zoom and whatnot. And what's pretty awesome is that we realize that we're both real, like we're in the people business. We're in the human business. And, and that's our philosophy is that it really is about the people. But we right. come from it in two different ways, which is awesome. <laughs> we are all about the people, all the human side of human resources. Yeah, it is. So we started coming up with this idea, well, why don't we talk about how do we, how, you know, the things about staying connected in an environment like this, because this is, this is flipping a lot of people out. 
it is flipping a lot of people out. And, you know, I, I'm in Switzerland, but almost all of my clients are in the U S I have one, one client that has their offices in uh, Amsterdam and Paris, but the rest of my clients are in the United States. And that means that my networking, my communications are all done remotely. So yep. for me, this is, generally business as usual with the exception of now my children are home annoying me but um <laughs> i mean i love them <laughs> i do love them but i love teachers so much <laughs> right now i love their teachers more <laughs> uh, well you're not much different than most parents right now but here's the other thing since you since most of your clients are over here in the U.S., you also work at night. <laughs> Fortunately, um, I do most of the things by email. So I, 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 I do a lot of my work in the morning, um, you know, when my kids are at school. And uh, it's not often that I have to deal with things at night. The only time is when I'm dealing with someone in California um, because it's a nine-hour time difference yeah. with California. And so that's a bit difficult to get us at the same same time no but you really can communicate and network and all of that remotely which is you know something that lots and lots of people are learning about right now that yes. have never had to do it before and it's a really important thing to keep your networking going and to continue to build those relationships all over the place yes I absolutely agree. I mean, we just did this. I mean, we just made a whole brand new relationship. Right. In this right. process, you know, all it just took was a, I reached out to you on LinkedIn and you had popped up and I went, Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and I reached out and I'm like, Hey, would you be willing to be a guest? And you're like, absolutely. You know? I love podcasts. So <laughs> I do too. They're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun to do, but, but you know, that's the thing is like, you know, and it, it's now is just time. I mean, don't to stop making a connection or to stop doing something just because it's difficult or, or it's, it's foreign or it's uncomfortable. You got to stay connected. You got to stay connected. And you know, one of those things on, on making connections, people often think it's difficult to do, but I'll tell you what, if someone sends me a message on LinkedIn and says, Hey, I saw your post. I thought it was interesting. I'd love to connect. I'm like, oh, I love you so much. Thanks for the compliment. I mean, people like to hear that yes. stuff. Yes. I, you know, I will send little messages to people when, um, when I see something of theirs that is interesting or, or whatever. And I've never gotten a, how dare you bother me, you know, with your words of praise. <laughs> it's, <laughs> evil creature you yeah I mean I do admit that I never message people out of the blue and say boy I saw your post on LinkedIn and I think you're dumb as a rock you know I, although some people have done that to me um, but that's the that's the price of trying to get my name out there but yeah you can do it it's not as scary as you might think it is nope. and as long as you're not creepy um, and I get plenty of creepy um, I saw your picture and you are the most beautiful creature on the planet. And I'm like, mm, yeah, there's a button. Overweight woman. That's not really. <laughs> there's a button called 
called block that comes in handy at that point. You're lying. Why don't we try a different scam <laughs> pickup line, buddy? Go back to your Nigerian prince. And <laughs> <laughs> I've had some of those too. I have to admit, I do get them and you know, I look at what people put and it's like, if you only have one contact and you're reaching out to me on LinkedIn and you've been in, you know, professional business for 23 years, you're the like way, way behind the mark or you got something going on there that just like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. Somewhere. But otherwise, you know, reaching out on LinkedIn, um, joining Facebook groups that yes. talk about the area that you're in, all of these things can be done remotely. And you can also do remote getting together with people. And, um, you know, I, I have had virtual coffees. I don't drink coffee, but I don't know what else to call it. Um, virtual cocktail. <laughs> virtual, I don't drink alcohol either. Virtual LinkedIn, <laughs> where we sit on a Zoom or Skype, and each of us has our, our, our beverage of choice and chat just like you would at a cafe yeah um, and that works out really well you can actually do that type of thing and no yeah. need to to leave your home since we're all under orders to stay put yes i hear you my neighbor she's really funny she is uh she's a very very talented accountant and uh, and what i mean by that is i'm not talking like you know, the mob likes her. She's not that kind of talented. She's just, she's just really good. And she's a trip. She's been around. She's been, she's worked for federal contractors. She's worked for, you know, bodies of government and she's, she's awesome. And, um, she is very much an introvert and she, <laughs> she, she, we were talking yesterday outside and standing seven feet apart from each other. And right. she's <laughs> like, she goes, this social distancing, I could do this all day. <laughs> this is great. Nobody bothers me, <laughs> you know, but we're just dying of laughter. Her boyfriend came over and mowed my yard and, and it was, it, it, it was hilarious. I, I texted her and I said, I had no idea that, uh, my lawn mowing service came with a concert and he's out there earphones up, just singing away. I mean, I could hear him over the lawnmower and we're just cracking up, but you know what? That's, that's our friendship. That's, that's what it's like. We don't sit and, you know, braid each other's hair and talk all the time, but we just need a little bit to keep it going. And then we go right back to doing what we do. And, you know, and it's good. And every relationship is going to be unique and different, but yeah. And I also think it's important that you're not like, Oh, I only need to network with other HR people. No, she's, no. She's an accountant. Um, yeah. but those come in other places and I actually, my, my favorite personal networking story for me, it's not necessarily based on distance uh, things, but I don't know, 15 years ago, um, maybe closer to 20. Oh, I hate things that are 20 years ago because then I'm like, but I'm only 29. <laughs> when there's anyway. two digits, it starts getting scary. <laughs> right. Um, I taught a Sunday school class um, young adults, um, you know, Sunday school. Years later, one of my former students messages me and says, hey, I have this friend that is a barber and he got hired just based on his Instagram post. I think he'd be good for an article. And so I'm like, cool. And so I connected with this guy's friend and I wrote an article about him. 
someone on Twitter saw it and said, hey, I got my job based on um, a tweet that I tweeted at the CEO of some business and then hiring me. And I was like, awesome. And I wrote an article about that. And then I said later, um, I'm looking to take on new clients. And this woman says, hey, I know someone. And that's how I got mm -hmm. the job. And that's how it all works. And you'd say, yeah. well, gee, Suzanne, teaching 17-year-olds in Sunday school isn't how you expect to find new work. <laughs> <laughs> and granted, it was probably 10 years between teaching him as a 17-year-old and getting this new client. Right. But that's, that's exactly how the pattern went is through that. And it's about those maintaining those relationships. And I wasn't maintaining a relationship with Steve just because I'm hoping that someday he's going to give me information that's going to get me a new client. He's a nice kid. I mean, I guess he's like 35 <laughs> nice guy <laughs> he grew up into a nice guy and he's a responsible adult and anyway <laughs> you know and, and that's what I think sometimes people think of networking is what can I get from this person today and not how can I maintain this relationship because a I like this person right and B maybe I can help them because I often think of me being the one to help those people because yes. I'm um, you know with with people that I and friends with or have other relationships with, you know, I'll review the resumes for them and stuff just, just to be nice. Uh, I don't do random resume reviews. Please don't send me your resume. I won't review it. If I don't know your mother, I'm not reviewing your resume. Um, <laughs> that's kind of my <laughs> Not for free anyway. If you'd like to hire me, we'll talk. <laughs> but, you know, I usually think of me as being the one to help them, but it turns out <clears throat> sometimes it goes the other way. Too. Yeah, it does. But you know, but that's the thing is that you, you hit, you hit on something, but didn't actually say it. And that is that people will, ne will never remember what it is that you said, or they're likely to not remember what it is that you said, but they're always going to remember what you, how you made them feel. Sure. Sure. And you know, could Steve quote anything I ever said in a Sunday school lesson? No, but <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but does he, did he know then that I cared about him? And all of the other, yeah. all of the other people in the class. I sure hope so. Um, you know, because I did care about. I still do care about them. I feel rather maternal towards this group. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm glad that we can do that, and you don't have to feel maternal over someone to continue relationship with them. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> Every now and again, I'll get uh, like a request in LinkedIn, a connection request from like a former employee. And, um, you know, I've had a couple of them reach out that I've been involved in their separation or some pretty heavy disciplinary action, but one in particular came to mind <clears throat> where I got this email, uh, this message from LinkedIn and it said, I really want to connect, but before you like ignore this, I just want to let you know, I really appreciated the, really appreciated the butt kicking that you gave me that day. <laughs> <laughs> I totally changed my ways. I'm not problematic anymore. And you were right. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. 
That is so funny. And, uh, and then I wrote him back and I said, yeah, I'm still not connecting with you, comma, LOL. And then I accepted it as a joke. So it was, it, you know, it was funny. And, and we've talked like twice and he really is doing pretty good. And, and he said, you were right. I was a real knucklehead. And then I'm like, you weren't a knucklehead. You were just out of bounds. I said, it's all good. I said, that's the whole point. I said, that's what he said, but I'm, I'm flattered that you reached out. And he says, no, oh, no, yeah, yeah. It was funny. So. That's, be that's a beautiful story. Yeah, I love it. that's a that's that's it. a success story right there. It is a success story, and there can be so many of those success stories, yeah. and so many. Just it is about relationships. It's so much about relationships, and not about what can I get out of this. And you know, that's one networking mistake people make as well that they ignore everybody until they need something, mm -hmm. and. And then all of a sudden they're reaching out to everybody. And actually I have another story about that. Go for it. <laughs> but a few months ago, I got a LinkedIn message from a guy I dated in college. <laughs> again, we're talking a while ago. <laughs> a few years. A season in life. A season in life. A season yes. in life. And um, he's a headhunter. So we have a, you know, a similar kind of a field. And we had touched base like five years ago when we both ended up in a comment thread on something. I'm like, oh, wait, I know you. Um, and, but that was it. And so then I get this message from him out of the blue. Hey, Suzanne, how are you doing? I saw this article. I thought it was great. And it was like a super boring article that had nothing to do with headhunting. It was my last article. So it was like, clearly, he just found it. I'm going to be so embarrassed if he hears this podcast anyway. <laughs> and, and I said to myself, how long until he asks me for a favor? And would you not know, 24 hours later, mm -hmm. I get the second message. Hey, Suzanne, I have this business idea. Can I run it by you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm a nice person. And, and he was a nice enough guy, although there is a good breakup story. But anyway, <laughs> um, he, um, I, I was like, sure. And I talked to him anyway, and it was fine. But um, I just laughed at him because he didn't have any desire to maintain a relationship with me. Although in fairness, his wife probably wouldn't appreciate him trying to build relationships with ex-girlfriends, but probably not. But that's probably okay. not. So we'll give him the benefit of a doubt. That's right. But it was just, it was just funny, you know, Yeah. Because he didn't try to maintain anything until he needed something. Yes. And that's not how you network. No, absolutely not. And so if you always wait, um, you know, until, um, until you need something, then people are like, Oh, it's Suzanne again. You know, what does she <laughs> need? Um, so I, that's something I try not to do. And there are people that I want to maintain relationships with. And, you know, um, my, one of my, I spent three years working in a labor and employment law department in a pharmaceutical company. And when some weird court case comes out, I'll message my boss there and be like, Hey, I saw this happen. How are you guys implementing that? Or, is this making you tear your hair out? Just, I don't need anything from her right now, but she's a great person. I love her. Um, yeah. Tremendous boss. I want to maintain that relationship. 
I don't think I'll ever need, ever need anything from her, but I want to maintain the relationship because she was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's the thing is I, you know, every now and again, <clears throat> it doesn't happen often, but you know, anybody who's been following what I do knows that I volunteer very heavily in the Naval Special Warfare community. I work with transitioning SEALs and Special Operation Forces. I've been doing this for a while and, and I love the work, but Every now and again, I'll get somebody that says, hey, I got this really great business idea and your SEALs will absolutely love it. And I'm like, yeah, no, goodbye. And it's <laughs> go away. And, and I never present anything to anybody. Now, <clears throat> I've also run into a situation where somebody wanted to, um, and, and I think their intentions were good. I just think the approach was off. And they wanted to feature, it was far, as part of a startup, when they wanted to feature a couple of different um, uh, individuals that have passed in the line of duty. One of them actually was a, a SEAL, a very well one one and, um, and he's coming to me and he says, I think you should pass this around because I think, you know, your, t your SEALs would want to be interested in this, meaning that he was looking to get his, his startup capital. And I said, well, I think you need to, you know, contact the next of kin on this one. I think this person would be very interested in, in knowing about this. And, and then it just, it kind of went, a I think, like I said, I think his intentions were good, but <clears throat> it was, it, it, his approach was off. And ultimately what started to happen was I was seeing a lot of the same repetitive, same thing over and over and over again. And it took away from the message of like, I'm really trying to do good in my eyes and in the eyes of the family. Um, simply because it, you know, it's, it, it's like serving your favorite meal on top of a garbage can lid. It just, it doesn't look very appealing after a while. Right. You know? right. And, and then for, as a result, if you try and take that approach, ultimately what happens is that nobody has a vest, really vested interest in helping you out, even if it's only intrinsic interest in helping you, because there's some level of authenticity that's missing. And that's the big piece of it. Yeah, and I do think it has to be authentic. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the ex-college boyfriend, <clears throat> he wasn't authentic. Yes. Um, I helped him out anyway, because I'm nice. And plus, I was a little bit curious about his current life. He has 12 kids. Holy wow. moly. Yeah. Are you glad that's... <laughs> that's <laughs> I dodged a bullet, man. 12 kids. Anyway. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with big families, but I'm not sure I would want to pump out 12. Oh, God bless his wife. I don't know. I've, I've never met her, but anyway. <laughs> she's a um, very nice lady. <laughs> she must be a very she nice is, lady. Yeah. And she homeschools. Oh, oh see, God. see now that's a, that to my opinion, that's a pretty special individual right there. I that mean, is someone that. that I could not be like, so clearly we were not meant for each other. Anyway, <laughs> that was part of it. I kind of wanted to know what happened to him. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Who wouldn't? But, but you need those authentic things. And we go back to, to Steve. I genuinely cared about him and the other kids in my, in my Sunday school class. I genuinely cared about them. Mm -hmm. And I still genuinely care about them. I'm friends with all of them on Facebook and I watch as they get married and they have their little kids and it's fun. Um, I genuinely care about these people. And, you know, even you talking about someone that you kicked in the butt or whatever, you probably genuinely cared. We tend to only correct what we care about maybe yeah. it was just the business you cared about but <clears throat> most likely in my experience good hr people care about people yes and and it's not like we want to fire you no 
We don't. We really don't. I've never been in a situation where I'm like, oh, I hope I get to fire someone today. Um, I have been in many situations where um, I'm trying not to cry (laughs) as as we're terminating someone. And, um, you know, I used to train managers to do layoffs. And um, these managers who just were doing the role play, not actual termination, they would get choked up, they couldn't speak, just doing the role play. Yeah. Managers care about their people. HR cares about their people. There's, of course, exceptions. Of course, exceptions. Sure. And so if you think, oh, I can't reach out to this person because they fired me or whatever, if you were laid off, especially, your boss still feels terrible. Yep. Your HR manager feels terrible. Former boss feels terrible. Reach out and say, hey, look, I just want to let you know I'm doing great. Or even reach out and say, hey, I really liked working for you. I'm in the market. Yeah. Any ideas? My my philosophy has been, I mean, because... It, you know, I come from a place of you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of everybody else. And there's situations where like in an environment that we're in today where everything's moving so quickly, you don't have the ability to take care of yourself while you're in that crisis management mode um, or when things are super heavy and, you know, the ambiguity is very high in pressure. There's only so many things that you can do, but once you're on the other side of it, then yes, you really do need to take care of yourself. But I've always been of the, of the mindset that to take care of me it, through this, like if I'm separating or working on the process of separating with an employee, I get very quickly, very, get very clear as to what the reality of the situation is. But then I turn my attention to how do we make this as best of a transition for the person Uh, that we're doing this with as possible and what does that look like and it always comes down to at the end of the day like you said we don't like firing people we really don't we definitely recognize the need and the necessity behind it and so and sometimes you have that one employee that is such a big pain in the rear that it's a relief but you know that the thing is, is that it's not a relief that the human is suffering from it. The relief comes from you don't have to deal with the problem anymore. And so, right. yeah. And so what can we, do? and that's always the question I ask. Well, I say, what is it that we need to do to make this transition the best transition possible? Um, you know, I, I'm very, one of the very first things that will come out of my mouth is after we've announced the information is that, listen, um, you know, we're treating this confidentially, meaning that we're not going to be running around and say, hey, you won't believe what we just did to Sam or Eddie or whatever, right? We don't do that stuff. But, um, but that's what comes with it. That's, that's, that's the connection that you have with your people. When even in the midst of this, the situation being the worst possible situation on the planet, when you've done the work to make a good human connection with somebody, you can get through the hard times and yet still be respected. And I think that's what's important. Now, can you do that all the time? No. Can you do it 80% of the time? Sure. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely you can. And I love what you said about trying to do what's best for the person. And that is something that, that I really feel strongly about as well. One of the lines I like to use is, is that your goal in terminating someone is to get them to go away. Yeah. And that can sound harsh, but it also means 
to get them to move on with their lives. Yes. And so what tools can I give you to help you move on with your life? Um, you know, I did layoffs for three years at a, um, at a Fortune 100 pharmaceutical company. And we gave every employee all of the paperwork they needed to apply for unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, we gave them outplacement. We gave them severance. And I recognize not every company can afford to do that. Pharma's kind of um, got money. And so <laughs> their pockets are a little deeper than most. <laughs> their pockets are a little deeper than most. So we had the money to do that. But, you know, the goal was to make sure that this person landed on the other side. Right. And, um, and that's what we did. And so while it hurt to let them go, um, we really worked very, very hard to help them move on. And um, yeah, I just realized we've totally gone away from our networking and now we're talking about no, but, but No, but this is great because we're still, we're talking about being connected and yeah. being connected. That, that's the whole, that's the whole epicenter. That's the whole focus and thesis of this, of, you know, this episode is being connected and, you know, having these experiences all comes down from having that connection with the people that we engage with. Right, right. And, and it is that caring. And of course, you know, when, when I was running these layoffs, I didn't know 99% of the employees that we terminated. My name was on all of their paperwork. I didn't necessarily know them. Right. But I can tell you that I and my coworkers and my boss, we cared about yes. every one of them. And we dotted all our I's and we crossed all our T's. And, um, you know, we would rejoice when the day's coming up to a, a, up to a layoff, when a manager would message and say, hey, you know what, I need to take so-and-so off the list. And we're like, yes, someone out saved their job. And it wasn't, you know, like, oh, whatever, now I've got to redo this form. Yeah. It was a hallelujah, someone else <clears throat> isn't going to have to go through this. And that's how we all felt. And it may have looked cold and clinical on the outside, but it was anything but. No. It was all about um, those relationships and the people and doing the best that we could. And that is something that in this, um, in this coronavirus pandemic, I have seen um, in my HR groups, A, a lot of HR people who are broken hearted. Yes. And I mean that literally like crying at night yeah. um, and trying to figure out so hard how can i keep more people how can i convince the ceo to let these people telecommute how can i do how do i implement these new laws it's not like eh, my job's safe not one of them has been that way no they are devastated when they have to lay people off devastated Oh yeah. And they're confused. And, and like I said, you know, that's, this is, that's a perfect example I was saying earlier is that, you know, there, you know, when we're in this crisis mode, like we're in right now, it's hard to find the ways that we can take care of ourselves as an individual, you know, just to get through this because we're going through, we're going through different, I mean, everybody's going through a version of emotion of separating, but we're going through it because we have to inflict this. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and this is a situation where 3.2 million people filed for unemployment last week. 3.2 million. 
the week before I read these economists predicted that the total layoffs would be 3 million by July. Yeah. Okay. So in, in one week we're at 3.2. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't even think about how big it's going to get. Um, Secretary of Treasury said 20% is what he thinks. But anyway, that's a scary thought. But we are the ones that are, we're not necessarily making the decision, but we're the ones informing, we're the ones holding hands, um, we're the ones advising and making sure the laws are followed. And then we have this new thing of laws and they're all confusing. And that this is another thing, um, I have seen so many HR people and employment lawyers writing up these explanations of this new law, giving webinars, all of this stuff with the sole purpose of informing and helping. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know what you mean. I mean, I've been between March and April. Uh, I'm waiting for new. I've been sought out. At right now, I am slated for those for these two months, March and April, um, for 23 webinars, 23 <laughs> on the same subjects. Yeah, I mean, I can now do it in my sleep. But, um, but you know, I think I want to take a, a step back here. Is that you said something that was key? That yes, we are the ones. Um, you let me do another thought. You are the ones that are helping you know to shepherd people through this. But you know what? We are also the ones that we're getting dumped on too. <laughs> we're the yeah. ones that actually, when we, when we work through the separation, we're the ones that actually hear everything that's on that person's mind. And we're the ones that um, really take a beating. And, and that's a lot of weight. We take it from managers when they're frustrated. We get it from CEOs and leaders when they're frustrated. And then we get it from employees when, we, when we're frustrated, when they're frustrated. And it's not like we have ability to look right or left and we've got peers that we can have these conversations with. We certainly can't look up and do it. And we absolutely can't go down and do it. So we're kind of like, you know, a compass and we're that, that pin right in the middle right. where everything's spinning around us, you know? So, um, you know, it is. And that's, that, that's the big reason why I'm like, you have to find a way to take care of yourself. Staying connected with people outside of HR absolutely is one of those ways to do it. Because if you, if you don't have those vital connections outside of HR, everybody's going to be talking about the same bloody thing, just like we've been doing here throughout this whole episode, we keep coming back to what's going on with the coronavirus. And, and then we're like, but wait a minute, that's not why we're talking, you know, but it's, it's just, that's the natural, that's, that's how it works. That's how it does. Because that's what all of us are doing yeah. all the time. I mean, everything I have done in the past, um, past two weeks has been coronavirus based. And, and even, um, you know, I, I write a, a monthly column for a particular client on, um, you know, answering a question and we changed the question to be a Corona question. And, you know, cause it's usually some fun employee relations question. And no, now this time it's a, um, you know, and, and how does, how does the coronavirus impact employee relations? Yeah. You know, everything is, is that. Yep. Everything has been that these past couple of weeks. And, um, and, and then of course my life has changed because of it. Um, my 
country is not doing well. We have the highest per capita cases in the world right now. Mm -hmm. right? Wow. Um, part of that is because they've increased their testing. So you're going to see more cases. Sure. Um, testing more people. So that's actually a good thing because they're testing more, but it's not, it's a little bit scary. Um, you know, everything is, is shut down except for grocery stores and restaurants that deliver. And my kids are home and my ex-husband is bored. So he keeps calling me and that's kind of annoying. And, um, I hope he doesn't hear this one either. <laughs> not listen to this podcast. You know, there's a $450 editing fee there. You do know that, right? <laughs> That's okay. What is it going to say? I can yeah. show the phone records. He keeps calling. I mean, I, I feel for him because he's bored. I got, I've got the kids. <laughs> he can't go anywhere or do anything. And it places, places this pressure on all of us. And even yeah. though my work is secure, I'm not worried about a job at the moment. Um, and I think about all those people that are worried about a job yeah. and they've got all the same pressures that I have plus a job yeah. dude, that they're very, very concerned about. And wow. Um, it's surprising that we're not snapping at the moment. And, and one of those things that keeps us from snapping is those relationships. It is having someone to talk to. It is sharing funny Corona memes on Facebook um, I think those things are important. Yeah, I really do. And I read somewhere, um, someone said, oh, this now explains Rain Around the Rosie. Um, because we're like, why is there this children's vibe <laughs> about the Black Plague? And then we're like, here, let me share this coronavirus meme. <laughs> it's same thing. Yeah, It's exactly the same thing. It's just that we now have computers and they didn't. And, but that's what we do. And I think it's really necessary to maintain relationships, to talk back and forth, to be able to laugh when we're all feel like crying. Yeah. Uh, when we're all stressed out and who knows when this will, when this will end. It, yeah. And you know, we're modern medicine is in the process of catching up with this and you know, when that happens, then I, I, I feel very strongly that we're going to start seeing some relief because we'll have inoculations, you know, I mean, it's a virus, which means that it's hard to, it's hard to treat <clears throat> because it's not like you're treating a bacterial infection or something like right. that. This is a virus. And so, but I think um, once we get a grip on this and we figure out what it is and our bodies actually start to adapt to it as well, that's another big piece of it. You know, I mean, that's, that's what we're physically designed to do, but you have to you have to keep a healthy mental attitude in order to make all of these things come into fruition. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but you know that's the benefit of having connections. And I, you know, I love what you're saying about the the memes because I've been joking around. I saw this right in the very beginning of it. Somebody posted that the next generation will be called the Coronials, and so uh, I thought, yeah. yeah, we're gonna get a baby boom out of this one. <laughs> Uh, even better, when they turn 13, they'll be the quarantines. <laughs> <laughs> I did not make that up. I got no, up. that's awesome. But, you know, but that's the thing. It's like, we, you know, there's, there's always silver lining to everything. <clears throat> there's always an answer to every question. You just have to get creative on, on what that is. And you know what? There's something pretty amazing coming out of this is that we're now, life has dealt us a hand to where 
we have to step away from our technology and we have to stay connected with the people that we're the most closest with. And families are now coming to the dinner table again at six o'clock at night and having dinner and actually having conversations. The families are going out and doing things. They're walking, they're getting in, you know, they're engaging with things together as a unit and talk about them. That's the most important connection you know, for families, especially like, you know, families like yours, even though I know your kids are driving you batty being outside of school, but, you know, but that's the thing is like, we have this luxury now. And if you're not taking advantage of it, you're really going to miss out. You're going to really wish that you did. I think that that's really true. And even though I say my kids are driving me batty, we have gone for walks, we have played board games. Um, <laughs> and my extended family, we have been meeting together via zoom every Sunday mm-hmm. and um because we're I'm spread out most of my family my family all the rest of them are in the western United States and I'm in Switzerland um <laughs> but even the ones that live in the same town they can't visit each other right now and so it's been really a fun thing is we all get on zoom and um have like a you know family uh, a family meeting and yeah. um and when one of my in-laws posted a, a screenshot of us all on Facebook, a whole bunch of other people joined in and said, oh, my family did the same thing. My family did the same thing. My family did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great um, because we haven't done it before. Why, why not? It, it took this coronavirus to make us say, hey, you know what? We have the technology to get together, even though we're scattered. Let's, let's do it. And I hope that we continue it after we're out of quarantine, although scheduling becomes much more difficult when people have their lives back. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I hear you. But, you know, it comes down to, you I think people will help find the answers to their questions and find uh, solutions to their challenges through their connections, because we're all going through this in some form or another. I mean, right now, I know you and I are, we're super busy helping people answer the questions for their business challenges and how do we do this and what does this legislation mean and we have to do what, you know, how does this, how does this translate and how are we going to approach our employees about it and how do we, you know, so those connections are huge because we're all here answering each other's concerns and addressing each other's concerns, even though maybe we're not recognizing it. Right, right. I hope that that we can, and I I do think it's so important to reach out to to one another and just oh, yeah. saying hi, just saying hey, I'm thinking about you, or you know, yeah. hey, do you have enough toilet paper? And if the answer is no, say I'll leave a I'll leave a roll in your mailbox. <laughs> I would like to point out that those of us in Switzerland, we're not crazy like the Americans, and there's plenty of toilet paper at the store. Hey, it's just not limited to us. There's empty. <laughs> there was empty shelves all over Australia and other countries. It's I, not I've seen us. the pictures in Australia too. It's it's just such a funny thing for people to latch onto. But it's it's this feeling of being able to do something. Yeah, my life is out of control. What can I do? I well, I I can buy pasta, rice, and toilet paper. Woo! <laughs> 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 You know what I found really interesting about the whole toilet paper thing and not that I really want to judge it, but I found it was interesting is that the diaper aisle was completely full. Oh, really? Yes. Which, so because now, so, and I say that because here in Virginia, if we've get a, tro- a hurricane, 
warning. Like if, yeah. if we're expecting something to come and hit us and, you know, a couple of years ago, we actually, in 2018, we actually all had to evacuate this area because we were expecting a, a, a whopper and it just completely horseshoed right around us. I mean, I, it was a miracle. And, um, <clears throat> but you know, the first thing that goes here in Virginia is the milk and the bread. I, I have yet to figure that one out. Uh, yeah. It gets completely cleaned out, but then the water goes, the diapers go but the toilet paper stays. So it was really interesting to see that what was going on with that. And I mean, the hand sanitizer, yeah, I can understand that, but the toilet paper was completely up, but the diaper aisle was completely full. <laughs> that one, that one was interesting. I was like, Hmm. Okay. That's, that is very interesting. Maybe yeah. it has to do with the price differential that how many boxes of diapers can you afford? I mean, my kids are teens, so it's not a big, it's not probably concerned at the moment. Yeah. They're expensive, man. Oh, sure they are. But it was just interesting. It's yeah. like toilet paper is a concern, which I can see that. But would the diaper aisle also be a concern? I mean, you're kind of dealing with the same substance. Just <laughs> and, and frankly, you can find a solution for no toilet paper faster than you can find one for no diapers. Yeah, True. So anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting, but nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, you know, back to being connected and staying connected. Um, yeah, I think it's important that we, we figure out how to do that. So, you know, if people wanted to read up with you, I'm sure if they just Google the evil HR lady, they'll find you, but, um, they will. Um, if you Google evil HR lady, you'll find me. And my website is evilhrlady.org. Um, I'm not a dot com because somebody's sitting on that and they want to charge me five thousand dollars. Oh, I'm that's like, nice. You know I'm the only one that wants it, so you do that, sweetie. <laughs> See, that's smart business right there. Yeah. Okay, so evilhrlady.org. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Evil HR Lady. Find me on LinkedIn. I will connect with anybody as long as you're not saying, "Hey, hey, lady, you're so pretty." Then, <laughs> then you get blocked even though it's clearly true, I am the most beautiful person on earth, but don't say that um, <laughs> in your LinkedIn thing. And, you know, I am always happy to meet more people. I like talking to people. I like talking to people virtually, you know, send me a message. Yeah. Well, it's been great. Thank you so much for this. This has been, been fun. So fun. Yeah, this is awesome. And, uh, you know, I wish everything goes well over in Switzerland and your kids haven't duct taped you to the ceiling by the end of all this. No, they're, they're good. I, I sound negative. They're good kids, but, um, they, they miss school. Yeah. Well, my, I, you miss I, school. <laughs> my son actually said I miss school. And I was Aww. like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Write that one down on the calendar. Oh, that's awesome. So I hope everything goes well in Virginia too. And you guys have plenty of toilet paper. Yes, we do. We're fine over here. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and let's hope that the Swiss maintain a lot of chocolate because we'll need that too. So that's, that's something we got plenty of. like to give a shout out to Gregory Delacroix. Thank you so much for reaching out to me over on LinkedIn. And I really appreciate uh, that you're listening. And thanks again for the feedback. That's been awesome. We've got some webinars that are coming up through a couple of different organizations. And you can actually find the links to these sessions over on the bestpractices.work 
uh, dedicated coronavirus page. So mark your calendars. Today on April 1st, there's two opportunities to attend. The first one is called the Coronavirus in the Workplace. And then the second opportunity is the Employer's Playbook for the Family First Coronavirus Act. Then on Wednesday, April 7th, um, we've got a webinar called Managing Remote Workforce Through the Coronavirus Pandemic. Friday, April 10th, preparing for a reduction in your workforce webinar coming up. And then lastly, on Thursday, April 16th, we've got a session called Building a Remote Remote Work Culture. Even though I can't say it, that's what it is. Building a Remote Work Culture. So more, again, are going to be posted on the bestpractices.org dedicated coronavirus page. Um, There's a lot of really great information coming out of that. And as always, you guys know that I love getting HR-related questions. You can submit your question on the bestpractices.org website and by clicking on the podcast link from the menu and down towards the bottom of that podcast page is a submission form for you to post your question, which may be read and answered on an upcoming episode. Now, today's question comes from what's going on with the Families First Coronavirus Act. It's probably been one of the most prevalent questions that I've gotten a lot of, so I decided to share it with you. The question is, can an employee take the extended family medical leave and the family medical leave, giving them a 24-week job-protected leave for the year? And the answer to that is no. Under the provisions of the new Family First Coronavirus Response uh, Act, an employee will max out under the 12-week cap. Now, a lot of this information is available for you guys. If you go to the bestpractices.org dedicated coronavirus page, and you scroll down underneath the photo of the U.S. Capitol is a, a list of all of these links that take you right to the Department of Labor, various uh, fact sheets, everything that you guys need to access that is available right now uh, through the Department of Labor, through the IRS. Those links are there. Super helpful. Very quick. You can bookmark that page on your on your uh, search engine bar up at the, at the top great, great resources. And a lot of people are tapping into it. It's also anything that I find that I feel is a helpful resource for businesses and companies, that's where it's going. Okay. So over the last several months, you've now heard me talk about the next gen women in HR community. It's awesome. We have a great, great group of people in this community. Um, there's two places where you can get access to information. You can go to the next gen women in HR Facebook group. We're very active over there stuff going on all the time. We've got, you know, little Facebook lives that take place. Sometimes we've got some interviews that happen. Um, we've got a guest, Nikki Moriarty coming on here soon. She's going to talk to us about, you know, putting your best face forward, uh, and, and do a Facebook live event coming up, uh, next week, actually Monday evening. And, um, you know, everything that we're doing right now, there's so much going on in the world, but everybody's focused in on the coronavirus cases and, and crisis today. And that's really what we're focusing on. But you know what, we're throwing in some other stuff too, that's important. Because, you know, when you put your best face forward, you're also doing something that makes you feel good about yourself as well. So and right now, everybody could use some of that. So, you know, come on over. And then if you need to learn more about the body of HR, then you can join on the membership page, which is on the bestpractices.org website, click on the next generation, next gen women in HR link up at the top. And, you, you know, depending upon your level of experience, it's less than three cups of coffee a week to join. It's very, very reasonable, very, very affordable. And uh, you guys will be able to access a ton of information. I'm keeping that as up to date as possible, even despite what's going on with the coronavirus. But it is helpful. 
once we kind of get past all of this stuff, I'm going to announce some new programming out there. So for individuals who are listening and you need to get really proficient, we're actually going to do some boot camps and we're going to get some information out there to where you can get some interactivity and learn how to do things that are going to help you really develop your HR skills along the way. More tactical than strategic at this point, just to launch, but eventually we'll get into that strategy piece as well. So if you guys want to follow me, you can find me over on Instagram and Facebook at Best Practices in HR. You can find me over on Instagram at Brenda the HR Lady as well. Over on YouTube and LinkedIn, you can find me at Brenda Neckvottle, just spelling out my name. And the last name is spelled N-E-C-K, like the thing you want to choke, V as in Victor, A-T-A-L. And the website is bestpractices.work. And if you click connect at the top of the page, you will be able to go ahead and get my best practices delivered directly to your inbox. Folks, thank you again for yet another great episode. Thank you for hanging in there. Look, seriously, this is just a phase. This is just a temporary thing in life. It will get better. It's a clearing for something better to come our way. And to be honest with you, once modern medicine gets caught up with what's going on, our lives will be able to return back to, you know, a lot of what we've known it to be. But, you know, we're going to be living in a post-coronavirus world, just like we live in a post-9-11 world. So hang in there. I know there's a lot of stuff going on. It's a it's a trying time for a lot of people. But you know what? Remember, there's still a lot of people that are working. We still have a very strong economy, even though, uh, you know, we're not doing a lot of growth right now. But, you know, we, we started in a really good spot, which means that we're going to get through this probably a lot better had we been in a very a down economy or in a worse position so we're all set so look guys hang in there keep the sunny side up and we will be talking to you later bye